I'm so excited that you decided to join me on the Empowered Moments broadcast. We're going to have a great time. You may be driving to work. You may be taking care of kids, or you might be in your office and you just need to take a break. This is motivation for you to create the future you want instead of tolerating the future that you get. Let's get started. All right, everybody. Bishop Paul Wondercheck here on Empowered Moments podcast. Yes, I just got back from Myrtle Beach. <clears throat> Had a fabulous time. Probably played too much golf, but uh, actually got my wife into it. She's now obsessed with the game of golf. Came back with some new clubs and new outfits, and we played five rounds of golf. I tell you, I got a new golf buddy. And I happen to be married to her, so I'm excited about that. Just a great time. Do what you love. Do what creates pleasure and brings you joy. And I always say this about men. Every man has a toy box. Ladies, before you marry him, find out what's in his toy box. What do you mean? Every man has has a toy box. Whatever he plays with is a toy box. I happen to have golf clubs in my toy box. Some men have pornography in their toy box. That's one of the kind of men you want to steer clear of. Some men have experimental drugs or have recreational drugs in their uh, in their toy box. You want to steer clear of them. You want you want to check the man's toy box before you make a commitment to him because that's going to determine uh, uh, some of the decisions that he makes in your relationship. But today we want to talk about, we're moving from covenant month of September. We talked about capacity. We're still talking about that. We're talking now about mentors month. This is your capacity to be mentored. And we're talking about faith. Everybody has what I call blind spots. A blind spot is anywhere in your life that you're unable to see something that you have as an investment. It's somewhere in your life that you're unable to see the good part of your life. It's a blind spot. Some people, you know, can't see their own gift, can't see their own greatness, can't see their own opportunities, can't see their own purpose. So we live in a world that runs off logic and reason, and it seems only in the movies that we witness society's attempt to display the miraculous side of life. In other words, you know, our society runs off reason so much that many times we don't see the miracles that we see in other countries because we can explain everything away with intellect and with technology. I've been to India. I trained 10,000 pastors. In Pakistan, I preached to 30,000. We saw miracles in, in South Africa uh, because many of them rely on their faith. Everything is not convenient. Everything is not right there. Everything can't be explained away. But we miss miracles because we always operate in the realm of logic and reason. Only in Hollywood do we see the miraculous displayed through um, technology and special effects. And, and, and really, we need to be seeing these things in our life on a daily basis. Miracles need to be an everyday occurrence. If that desire for the miraculous exists in our imagination, why can it not exist in our reality? What many don't understand about life, and I love this, is that just because something ceases to be visible does not mean that it ceases to exist. We live in an out-of-sight, out-of-mind culture. And if we can't see it with our own eyes, we dismiss it and assume that it no longer exists, when really it's just hiding from us. There are opportunities all around us that we fail to see, not because it's not there, but because we have what I call blind spots. So just because it ceases 
to be visible does not mean it ceases to exist. There are things that are hiding from you, and you have to dig a little bit to find them. There are keys. I told you in the last broadcast, we pray for God to open up doors for us. God, open a prosperity door. Open a job door. But oftentimes, God's answer to our door prayer is not an open door, but it's a key. So we pray for a door to open and God hands us a key. God shows us a key. We have to then take the key that he gives us, whether it's the key of conversation, the key of faith, whatever key it is, and we have to begin to use that key to open the doors that we want to see God opening in our life. We live in an out-of-sight, out-of-mind culture, and if we can't see it with our own eyes, we dismiss it and assume it no longer exists when it's just hiding. That's how you know you're living in the faith realm, because God never calls something what it is. He calls it what it's going to be. And in his mind, it already is that. Romans 14, uh, I believe 17, says uh, God speaks those things which be not as though they already were. In other words, God will look at something that's not, call it what it is, and it will become what he called it. Why? Because that's the faith realm. You're able to look at the mundane and see the miraculous. You can look at a mess and see a miracle. You can look at, 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 at a tragedy and see a triumph. You can look at adversity and see an anointing. You can look at any situation that's negative and you can see the positive in the midst of that situation. Oh, I love that. He calls it what it's going to be. God doesn't look at your problem and see a problem. He looks at your problem and sees the solution. In fact, God's a name changer, and I love this. I think I mentioned it in the last broadcast. God never calls something what he is. He calls it what it's going to be. God, God didn't call Abraham Abram. Abram means father. Abraham means father of nations. God's a name changer. If God wants to do something in your life, in the Bible, he changed their name. He said, Abraham, now, it, it, you know, Abram means father. So, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of faith, you know, to be a father. But God changed his name to Abraham. So now he had to be father of multitudes or father of nations. Now, that's going to take God to make that happen. Abraham was probably pretty confident that being a father was not a problem for him, even though Sarah at the time could not, could not have a child. But God didn't just say you're going to have a child. That was hard enough for them to believe for. He said, now you're going to have nations. There nation, there's a nation inside of you called the Hebrew people, the Jewish nation, the Jewish people. And Abraham was the father of that. So God, I love that. He looked at Abraham meaning father and changed his name to Abraham meaning father of multitudes or nations. He looked at Jacob, whose name was Trick, and changed it to Israel meaning prince. He looked at Simon, which means shifting sands, and changed his name to Peter, which means rock. Isn't that awesome? So we got to understand that Abram means father. Abraham means father of nations. God will always change your name to something greater because it's going to take faith for you to be able to do it. It's an amazing name change. God changed Abram's name to Abraham, meaning father or nations. That tells me that God's plans for you are bigger than you're even seeing. Abram probably would have been satisfied being called Abram or father, but God had bigger plans. The faith realm will always require you to believe for something that is that seems impossible. Becoming a father is not difficult. We said that already. But becoming a father of multitudes or nations will take God's intervention to make that happen. Some people believe only in the possible realm. And God doesn't do possible. Only, 
uh, God doesn't do possible things. Only people do. God dwells in the realm of the impossible, meaning if it seems too big, it has to be a God thing. Our blind spots keep us thinking small and only living in the realm of the comfortable, having a job for 40 years and retiring with a gold watch. Many people call that a career. I call that an ordinary life. God has something so much bigger for you. Abraham's calling is all about bigger. It was hard enough for Abram to believe he could even become a father because he had he and Sarah were so old, but God likes the odds stacked against him. Not only is he going to give you a son, he's going to wait 20 years and give you a son in your old age. And this will begin a lineage of people that will be called Israelites or Hebrews and they will become a great nation. There is a popular term today called to 10x something. We've heard it. Uh, to 10x something means to multiply your goals 10 times. They say, write a goal down and multiply it by 10. That's what you should do. Well, God wants to multiply your goals by a million. If you can see it in the spirit realm, in the faith zone, your life is much bigger than you think it is. I love that. You know, I always say this. God can do nothing in your life until you see something, say something, or sow something. If you want to get out of the situation you're in right now, you got to either see something, say something, or sow something. You've got to see a bigger life. You've got to develop a picture. I've got a book called Unbound, Picturing, Pursuing, and Possessing Your Future. In order for you to come out of where you're at, you have to picture something better. If you can create a picture of your future that is bigger and better than where you're at right now, your life will begin to move in that direction. Then Next, you have to say something. You're, nothing happens in your life. God won't move in your life until you say something. You have to confess the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart. God raised from the dead. You shall be saved. Confession is power. Confession is possession. I got to see it. I got to say it. I got to sow it. So now you've seen it. You got a picture. You've said it. You've confessed it. We start our Sunday morning church service with a confession. I could read it to you. Let me see. I, we, we do this confession every Sunday morning in our church. And I love it. It's so powerful. And, uh, and we just started doing this because I really feel like church sometimes is a spectator sport. Uh, people don't want to participate. Uh, church is not spectator. Church is participation. We, we, we sing songs and everybody listens. The preacher preaches. They listen. But I start mine with a chant with a special song talking about the church. And then we go into confession. And then we go into praise. And our confession goes like this. I'm the body of Christ. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I serve a God of prosperity and hope. His plans for me are prosperity and favor. The favor of God is upon my life and my family and all that I do prospers. The courts of heaven have turned in my favor. My offering, my prayer, and my heart are ready to be placed on the altar of God. God has placed a miracle, a message, and a mantle on my man of God. And I'm accessing that right now in Jesus' name. I have everything God says I can have. I can do everything God says I can do. I can do I can be everything God says I can be. That's the confession that we do. And then we start. Can you, can you understand the creativity and the unity that that creates in the people? It's so powerful. So are you thinking small today? Is, is God going to have to change your name to get you to see what he really wants to do in your life? It's a lot bigger than you think it is. It's a lot. In fact, I'll go into one last thing before I end this. Abraham's wife was Sarah. Sarah's name was Sarai, S-A-R-A-I, meaning princess. God changed her name to Sarah, meaning mother of nations. Yeah, everybody wants to be a princess. A girl don't have a problem being called princess. 
You know, that's just wonderful. That she wants to be spoiled. She wants to be doted on. God said, no, no, you're more than a princess. You're, you're a mother of nations. Now you have responsibility. In other words, I love this. God changed her name from Sarah meaning mother to, to Sarah, meaning mother of nations. She was Abraham's wife, and God chose her to carry the promise. That's a lot of pressure to know that God put that responsibility on you to carry the promise. So much time went by that Sarah was growing doubtful about the promise God made by changing her name. Can you imagine being called mother of nations and being childless still at 90? She must have been ridiculed and mocked how she was called mother of nations but had no son. She even became so frustrated that she told her husband Abraham to go ahead and get the handmaiden Hagar pregnant. But she forgot that her name was Sarah, meaning mother of nations. If Abraham had just been called father of nations, he could have had anyone mother his children. But no, God made sure to include Sarah in the equation by calling her Sarah, meaning mother of nations. In other words, Abraham, you can't do this alone. Some people may overlook you and try to fulfill their destiny without you, but God has included you in their equation, and they won't be able to sidestep you. Sarah was not left out by God, and neither will you be. Someone will not make it without you. Someone cannot fulfill their destiny if you don't fulfill yours. Isn't that powerful? Abraham would never have been the father of nations if Sarah had not been there to fulfill the promise with him. It took another person for the equation of success to happen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when God wants to do something in your life, he puts a person in your life. When the enemy wants to do something in your life, he puts a person in your life. Who is supposed to be a part of your success equation? I hope it's us here at the Empowerment Zone. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. These are the Empowered Moments podcast. This is episode three. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you and hear you, and you'll uh, we'll talk to you. We won't see you, but we'll talk to you in episode four coming up here uh, next week. Love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this. It was a real blessing. I'm glad to be back from vacation. More good stuff coming. Go to bishopp.tv on my website site. Enjoy the and join the Empowerment Zone partnership team. Hit the giving button, and you get face to face coaching. All my resources, 22 books. And uh, a special Facebook group called Empowerment Zone. Join it today. Click the like button. And if you are a monthly partner, we love our monthly partners. If you are a monthly partner, uh, there's a special private Facebook group called The Vault. When you get on the Facebook page called Empowerment Zone, click on The Vault, send me an invite. And if you're a monthly partner, I will accept your invitation. And we have special videos on The Vault. 9 to 15 minute videos of uh, where I'm answering questions from coaching sessions from partners, from protégés and uh, and there's some powerful questions there you want to check that out, only for partners but I love you guys, I appreciate you listening to the podcast, have a fabulous week, we'll see you next episode <laughs>